crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. California. He hung out a little bit in uh, in New York. Went to school. Blah blah blah. Ended up at Dartmouth College. Um, has some connection to the Boston Globe as far as like the critics and the film world and all that stuff. I know he's Dan Gilroy. I've seen one of one, one of his other movies. Um, the one I'm most familiar with is Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal, who plays like the TMZ reporter of the, the Midnight Shift, and is like obsessed with stories. And then at one point, he's creating stories. Would you say it's a cult movie, Dave? Nightcrawler? Um, I think it's getting there. Yeah, it's got some kind of cult status. But here's the um, thing. I'm... Um, Dan Gilroy is the son of Frank Gilroy, who's like a famous playwright, won a Pulitzer Prize. I think he's like brother to another uh, Tony Gilroy, yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. Tony's a, a writer and a director as well. Then they have a third brother, who is apparently Dan's twin, who actually edited... Velvet Buzzsaw, which we're about to tear into. But, um, I might have said that already, tear it into. Yeah, I'll think of other things to say, folks. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, um, no, I, ne- I didn't put it together. I didn't know he was the son of Frank Gilroy. Like, that name I've known. I know that name. You know what I mean? Um, mm. I don't personally know this playwright. I haven't read his plays. I haven't seen his plays. But I, I, the name rings a bell. And turns out, oh, it's because he's, uh, the, that playwright. Um... How do I, yeah, I guess my first instance of Gilroy is just the fact that, um, saw freaking Nightcrawler. But, dude, I didn't know he had anything to do with the writing of Free Jack. Like, here's the thing. You're the son of a Pulitzer Prize winning playwright, and the first thing you do in your screenwriting career is you go write Free Jack. Fucking Free Jack. <laughs> free Jack of all things. What's Free Jack, folks? Emilio Estevez is a racer. You think he's dead. They reanimate his corpse. Because some rich dude wants to take over his body. Rene Russo's the girlfriend. She's aged because, you know, she remembers him back when they were little sweethearts. And then, isn't Mick Jagger in the movie? He is. Yeah, okay. So this is a very weird sci-fi, niche movie, B-movie that's floating out there, folks. And you can go... You can, you, I'm sure Free Jack is available everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so... So, you're the son of a uh, Pulitzer Prize-winning playwright, and then you write Free Jack. Years later, you'll end up on Real Steel, which is like a robotic version of the Rocky movie. It's alright. It did start out as a Richard Matheson story. He's a great science fiction writer, but Real Steel is literally watching Hugh Jackman, the Wolverine, punch dudes out using a robot, and the movie ends like Rocky. But with robots, it's a fun movie. And then years yeah, it's later, essentially uh, over the top, but with uh, robots. Yeah, and then years later, you get this creepy little movie called Nightcrawler, and then Dan Gilroy's on the scene, 
Now, getting ready for this podcast, trying to dig up some dirt on Gilroy, I didn't know that Renee, Renee Russo started dating him and then married him after Free Jack. Oh. And they have a kid, and they've been they've been married this entire time. I would have never put these two together. I mean, I, now that you say that, it makes sense, because their paths cross a lot, because uh, Free Jack and then Nightcrawler and now this movie. Yeah, I would have just thought, you know, that Renee Russo was... Gilroy's actor, you know what I mean? Just one member of his family. But uh, no, apparently, they've been shacked up for a while. Um, okay, good for him. Yeah. I've asked my wife, this was like, hey, so what if I have like a, a part in a movie where I'm portraying a relationship with somebody else and, you know, it's intimate or whatever? Because I think Rene Russo is intimate with Jake Gyllenhaal in, in Nightcrawler, right? Uh, I do believe. Like, what's that exchange there, you know? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hey, honey, uh, how was your day? Oh, it was pretty good. Um, I had sex with Jake Gyllenhaal. What's for dinner? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, well, hey, he wrote it. <laughs> yeah, he pushed her there. He pushed her to that limit. Um, yeah, she's been under the limelight for a little while. She was been talking about how Vel- Velvet uh, Buzzsaw brought her back into the limelight. I was literally watching this movie about up until about ten minutes that we were getting ready to podcast, and I was like loading clips across social media. I was like hitting them on the Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook. There's spoiler alert clips though, folks. I labeled them correctly. I said watch at your own risk. Like I'm showing murders, Dave. I'm showing like I'm like act three best bits. I threw it out there. Oh shit. Uh, I I, I always wonder if Dave's going to like something or hate something. Um, I couldn't read into his text earlier what he said. He's ready for the discussion tonight. So I don't know. What, oh. Well, first of all, are you a fan of Dan Gilroy? This other movie? Yeah, I'd say I am because I really like Nightcrawler. Um, okay. I like the other movie he directed uh, before this, which was um, terrible name, but good movie. Uh, Roman J. Israel Esquire with Denzel oh, Washington. Yeah, that that came out just recently, actually. Like um, a year and a half ago. Yeah, and then Denzel Washington. It's a it's an interesting character for Denzel. Yeah, it's like basically a. a I don't know if you'd say he's autistic or. Oh yeah, um, he's got like Asperger's. He's on the spectrum. He's he's definitely on the spectrum. Yeah. Uh, and he Aren't like. Aren't we all, David? Aren't we all? But but that yeah. Uh, but anyways, that's a you know we're not here to talk about that movie, but it does tie into Dan Gilroy. Um, mm-hmm. Nightcrawler, I I really I really want to go back and rewatch. Um, I did see it in the theater, and um, God, that movie um. You know, some people have compared it to like a modern day taxi driver, just in the sense that you know he's kind of a sociopath, mm. or uh, uh, you know, um, they say Jake Gyllenhaal's performance in Nightcrawler, he doesn't blink once. So I don't blink very get... often. I have to keep eye drops to to like actually lubricate my eyes the way a normal human being's eyes should be lubricated. Huh. Yeah. So. I don't know. I mean, if you were an actor and you blinked all the time, I don't know how you would train yourself to not blink. That's a little more difficult. But, um... Yeah, because it's a natural thing we do without thinking about it. Supposedly. Supposedly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... If we're talking about creepy movies, I can definitely push for being a creep on the microphone. That's how that works. Although, I have a stinking suspicion that, like, uh... Yeah, we're talking about podcasts don't no-nos, like, oh, no religion politics and don't creep out your audience or something. I was reading this article. 
was like, oh, we've definitely done a couple of those things before. <laughs> right. Uh, I also think I know which of the hosts people are more inclined to listen to of all of us. And it's not probably the order that you would think. Um, <laughs> anyway. Not to bring down the show that's doing so well. So exciting. It's going to be on the heat map right here. Seven minutes in, we're fucking killing it. Um, so, Velvet Buzzsaw. If any movie's going to go cult overnight, I think this movie's going to get cult status pretty fucking quickly. Because you, you wonder what the fucking the title's referring to, the whole goddamn movie. I don't know if it mentions that her that Renee Russo's character was in a band throughout the movie. Like, if there, there's a lot of conversations at the art galleries between these friends, and there's, like, inside information, and also the friends are kind of trying to one-up each other. It, the movie's, right. like, a surrounded, a surrounded, like, an art collective, and there's about four or five main people. I mean, here's a big question. I mean, do you think this movie would have done as well or have gotten to Netflix and gotten released or be attracting so many eyeballs if it wasn't A-list cast? Like, basically, here's the general concept of the movie, folks. Paintings are possessed and they're killing people. They come in contact with them. Um, I, I think with, I think you could still made of a, you still could have made a great movie without this cast. Meaning, I think the concept alone is interesting oh, no, enough. I like the concept. I think it's a, a great concept. I like the idea of haunted paintings that have a demonic force that can come after you if you express greed or try to control the paintings. That's what it, that's what it seems to be. Either the person gets greedy. Where they try to force the painting to do something and it gets pissed. But, um... I mean, if it's not this cast. If it's not Gyllenhaal, Russo, Colette. Um, Natalie Dyer is familiar. John Malkovich, obviously. You know what I mean? Like, if you don't have this cast. You know what I mean? It, it, basically, okay, like, the concept is cool, right? But I think... This is a movie that would probably end up... A back shelf of a horror section in a video store, people would find it, maybe start talking about it, right? Pass it around. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you agree, or do you? Th you're not following the fantasy that I'm creating here. No, no, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, um, yeah I think it. I think it still could uh, would attain that. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it could still build a cold audience without the uh, without the this particular cast. But I think this cast is going to push that along even faster. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's going to raise it to like a whole different level. It's going to bring people in pretty much uh, probably faster. I mean, so, and some of the I mean, some of the characters are more like um obscure. Like um there's a gallery worker, uh, Bryson. That's Billy Magnuson. Have you seen the television version of maybe not cuz I think it's on Epics, which I don't know who owns that channel, but <laughs> Wait, no, they loaded the first season on Netflix now. It's um Get Shorty. They they turn Get Shorty into a another. That's another tie-in for Renee Russo. She's in the film version of Get Shorty, and then Billy Magnuson is in the television version of Get Shorty. He's not Shorty, but he's somebody else. But you know, you know what I mean, right? Um, and, and also the plot of the TV show isn't really. It's only vaguely based on the concept of the movie. Just somebody in the criminal underworld goes into the movie business. You know, that's basically right. it. It's good though. Chris O'Dowd is in the TV show. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. I haven't, I haven't seen it. Um, so, how, how should we unravel this review? Should we go death to death, or should we just talk about which characters we like, things we don't like? 
Well, I mean, you might want to start off with um, just the basic concept of it, and how, you know, um, you know that it's in the art world. Um, well, you know, we we're struck into the blah, 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 we're placed into the art world. Jake Gyllenhaal's our, I guess you call Jake Gyllenhaal our protagonist, although I don't know if like I don't know the way it everything kind of shifts. It shifts halfway through the yeah. Movie. Like I'm hard to it's hard to say anybody's a protagonist because it does like you say it shifts. Um, well, you you stick to what emerges as the final girl common trope in horror movies and it actually happens in here but it's a very subtle shift and she's like the assistant and she keeps getting hired and fired by this group of friends because there's basically three art galleries that are competing to have the next award-winning show or the money-making show right and and some of them have like a past history like they all worked at the same gallery at one point or i mean okay there is a band but i don't know if anybody knows why the title is called Velvet Buzzsaw, that was a band. Rene Russo's character was in the band, and that other. Well, they they say it real briefly. Yeah, they, there's a scene between her and some guy who was um, where she he explains that like, oh yeah, I used to love your early work with your band Velvet Buzzsaw yeah, or, or but, something but, to that effect. I mean, but you know, if you're not paying attention, you miss it. You know, it's yeah, it is a it is a blink and you'll miss it scene. Yeah. Um, but she seems to have a, a history with Tony Collette's character, who was like the rival. I don't know. I don't. What do you call these people? The people that curate an art gallery. I don't know what you call them. Curators. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, so they have kind of a rivalry, and in between them is they seem to be friends with also John Malkovich, who's just playing like another local artist. And there's a couple of other artists who are kind of upset and uh, and yet like attracted to this art that just uh, pops up kind of on. Well, is it on accident? I don't know. Well, yeah, because uh, that one girl, the the girl that keeps uh, getting tossed around, like you were saying, because um, what she just like stumbles across it. Somebody in her building dies, and uh, all the shit's going to be thrown out. Oh uh, no, she's not the assistant. She's just uh, she's in a friend. She's a friend of the assistant that works with the art critic at one of the galleries. Like like I said, it's like four or five people in the art world that are all connected. But Josephine is not the assistant. Um, Coco is the assistant. But Coco calls Joseph Coco. Calls Josephine at the beginning of the movie to tell Josephine that her husband or her boyfriend is cheating on her. Josephine goes home, finds the dead body in the hallway, right? Mm. Goes into the dead man's apartment, finds all the artwork. Do you think the dead man is the artist, or do you think that's the guy that had the art and the art killed him and then it just it kept going, like the ring or the grudge or something? They just pass on the curse. Ah. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to I think it's uh I think it is the artist, but uh mm. It could be wrong because the whole thing is um, the only the people that die are people who profit from it. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, we don't know. Kills you in this movie. But, yeah, agreed. Because I mean, John Malkovich is the only one that uh, survived. Well, spoiler alert: uh, of the main characters, John Malkovich is the only one that unless like survives. He, unless he's the, really the fucking artist, because he's drawing strange patterns in the sand at the end of the movie. Spoiler alert. See, and I. I thought that was like him just going back to like just being pure about it. Like that was a whole uh, thing. There's not not for profit. That's just him bringing joy or his creativity out, and that's why he doesn't get uh, killed because he's still a pure artist. Oh uh, yeah, maybe. Um, the deaths are not that graphic, folks. If you're also wondering whether I mean this movie could have almost been PG-13 if not for like one like the one scene, scene which is the scene. one the one scene, uh, and it's kind of alluded to in the previews with the. Uh, the giant mirror ball. Uh, yeah, even that's prob- not that bad. She sticks her hand in it, then yeah. blood comes out the other three sides. It's not very much blood. No, but I think, 
But I think, but I don't think that was the point. Like the whole time I was watching it, I'm like, that's this is not the point. Like it's uh because he's not a he's not a gore guy or anything like that. Dan Gilroy. Um, I think I don't think he was too interested in making it the goriest. You know uh, what I like? I like what a tight ship they run. What a clean movie. Like they do not waste a frame. Like right, not, it is not over bloated. Yeah, exactly. It, scenes don't go on too long. They're on the verge of being maybe too short. But it it like literally goes boom ba boom ba boom ba boom, then the movie's over. It's perfect for me. I mean, like, and he has an aesthetic that I can appreciate. Not that my aesthetic is as good as his and is clean. He obviously has more experience than me. But there was something in there, the um, like not wasting the frames. Not like just because you're there with the equipment doesn't mean you just waste it. You know, you know what I mean? Like, right. And that could be his brother's influence as the editor. I don't know, but. Even with the the talent that he had, he didn't let anybody go on on speech ranting. But the best moment for me is what they use in the. It's like a clip in the trailer. It's the trailer moment where Jake Gyllenhaal is screaming like something goddamn strange is happening. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like he's like, uh, and that's like your Return of the Living Dead moment in the trailer. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, right. Uh, something strange. No, I, really, I really enjoy it. Uh, what's that? I, I said, so I take it you really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, I guess maybe more than you did. I don't know. I, 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 um, I, I'd, I'd place this like if they still had their star rating system. I'd say this is a 3.5. Like, I felt like I really enjoyed it, but, like, there was something that kept it back from being, like, a really great movie for me. The special effects. I, I, I mean, I don't... jinky, honestly. They're kind of jinky. I mean, uh, yes, but, but they are, but that isn't... Jinky. Like, it's not like they wanted to draw back on the 80s. Like, I haven't heard anything in interviews like, oh, yeah, we love this style of these old Dario Argento movies or these old uh, 80s nightmare movies. Um, but speaking of nightmare movies, I don't know if this ever come up on the podcast, but my idea for a Freddy movie was that there was a haunted paint- painting and Freddy came out of the painting. So, <coughs> <laughs> I can appreciate haunted painting movies as I cough in the microphone. You're welcome, people. <laughs> yeah um yeah i i enjoyed it uh like i said it just something held held back from being a great movie for me but uh mm. i really dug it um the guy so far hasn't made a bad movie yet um, what, do, what is your favorite death scene in the movie then well maybe, i think maybe not mention the one at the end uh yeah I, I no um that might be number two but i mean um mm. I'll say, I mean, I'll go with the obvious one because it's kind of the show, uh, the show piece. Uh, but that'd be the Tony Collette death yeah. with the, um, I mean, like I said, it's kind of the show piece. With, um, with the exception of, it tried to tell these little stories with each one of the characters and it does take its time with each one of their deaths, which again is right. a horror trope that you see, if you're going to spend some money, you take your time and you set up and execute a death scene. So Yeah. Those are the horror you know, elements that work in the movie. Right. And, you know, it's not purely a horror movie. I mean, I think it's more of a satire of the art world that oh, has yeah, some horror elements. Oh, yeah, that's what they're saying. It's like, um, who was that good satirist who died? He made a lot of movies in the 80s, maybe early 90s. And, uh, geez, you have a movie. Is it L.A.? What is that movie? What is that freaking movie? <sighs> I'm not sure. Do you know Altman. what it's about? Robert Altman. Oh, Shortcuts? Yeah, I was going to say Shortcuts. There's a helicopter scene, right? Isn't there a helicopter flying over somebody's house? Uh, yeah, a few, there's a few shots like that. All right. Um, 
funny way to get to Altman. <laughs> like, it's like, I'm digging through, like, I'm just, like, running file folders through my brain or something, just, like, letting the machine click through, and then, oh, helicopters. You're like, what the fucking helicopters are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Good stuff, Dave. Yeah. I don't even know if I like Altman that much. I seem to remember you saying you didn't, um... I, I like some of his stuff. I but, mean, he's not one of, he's not one of my guys that I go to bat for, but, but I, in, I enjoy. In this movie, Gilroy's like taking. Gilroy's kind of like Altman in this movie, so he's like the art world, the art world of Altman. And then, where does the horror stuff? What his horror style? Who does that remind you of from like the movie, the like horror movie world? Um. Hmm, that's a good question. Um. I don't know, you, you kind of, uh, I'm going to kind of piggyback off of something you said. I'd say, you know, maybe a little bit like uh, some Dario Argento. Um, I don't know, that's a tough one. Yeah, there's a specific movie of Dario Argento's that I'm thinking of where his daughter, well, the character's played by his daughter. She's being stalked by a rapist, but she has a condition where she goes into, like, an art museum and the artwork will start to come alive and she'll hallucinate. Um... The heck is the name of that movie? Was it the Stendhal? Syndrome? Yeah, Stendhal syndrome. Exactly. Like she had this condition where the artwork would she would start to hear it and see it. And there's a moment in the movie, in this movie, where Jake Gyllenhaal's character thinks he's hearing audio being played of his criticisms of artwork. Mm-hmm. Like he's in a oh, soundproof right. room at an installation, and you, and he thinks he's hearing all his reviews played back out of his own voice. Right. Uh. That was actually a pretty creepy scene. <laughs> it is creepy because of its minimalism. Like, I, I don't know if there are some horror filmmakers that withhold and withhold and withhold. And that starts to scare you. Well, that that one, um, I I have a halfway decent sound system, and they really, like, played with your, uh, if you have a surround sound, they really fucking play with your head on that one because, like, there's just sounds bouncing around everywhere. Yeah, it's not uh, it's not uh, centered in one stereo mix. It's left and right, correct? Well, it's uh, yeah. So, I mean, I have surround sound, so it's like front left, back right. Like it just keeps shit keeps bouncing around. Wow. Like you know, just like to put you in a headspace of like all the voices are in your head, or yeah, you know? yeah. Like you feel like the character, right? Because they're coming at mm-hmm. you from all directions. Mm-hmm. Wow. No, the audio I have is built into my TV. <laughs> I want to get a sound bar. Maybe I will. But also, that's actually I, what I believe it or not, dude. They're actually a worthy investment. I I I was down on them. Um, I mean, I have the surround sound version where um, I still have the back speakers. Yeah. But yeah, I've got a Vizio sound bar. It's actually pretty pretty badass. I was amazed. Yeah, except, I mean, except like Dave is fortunate and lives in a house. I live in a townhouse, so I got neighbors up my ass. So I'm sure if I played a sound bar or I had a surround system like Dave. Then they'd probably be calling the police, like I'm executing somebody, because they would hear like blood and deadly murder, <laughs> deathly murder, and gunshots. If I'm watching, like, I don't know, Throw Terminator Two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's going on? Uh, nothing. Just uh, choking out somebody named Sarah Connor. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Sarah Connor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man. Dang. Um, okay, rating scale. I think we have to compare it to other movies if we can. Um, binge now, binge later, binge never. Um, I'm gonna say binge 
binge later. I mean, I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't think it quite got its hooks into me the way I thought it was going to, but um, I still say it's worth watch. Uh, but if you don't watch it for a week or two, I'm not gonna. You're not gonna like uh, miss out too much. I think. Fair enough. I don't think we're gonna have any bird box bird box like challenges with this so one. What, like, what are you gonna tell people to binge now then if they're binge binging this one later? Oh, binge right now. Um, well, <laughs> I guess I'm gonna kind of contradict myself because I don't think you can binge it just yet. Maybe like in a week or two. Um, I'm thinking back when I saw it in the theater, but that movie um, I told you about it. Can you ever forgive me with uh, Melissa McCarthy? I fucking that one I really liked lately. I'm trying to catch up on all the Oscar movies. Oh, that, but it's not even the same like category as this movie. Right? No, it's not. Oh, oh shit! By comparison, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. They had to be comparable. Oh, okay. Um. Oh. Um. Not quite the same thing. I'm trying to think of like painter movies, or something to do with painting. Uh. Oh, I know. Um. Uh, no. I don't know. You 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 throw something out, and I'll think about that for a second. Okay, I'm gonna say binge now. Watch this movie right now. It's available for somebody like me. You know, spoils it for you on Twitter, which I technically already did. Um, so watch Velvet Buzzsaw. Binge later. Watch Stenhall Syndrome. And binge never. Nine six seven Evil Part Two. All right. Um. I will say, uh, okay, go ahead, and I'd say uh, binge now Nightcrawler, um, because uh, if you want to get into Dan Gilroy's world, I think that's the best one to go with. Mm -hmm. um, I already said this, binge later, binge never. Uh, trying to think. Something else with Jake Gyllenhaal that was a bad movie. Uh, I don't know. Fuck. That movie I don't know. where he knocks down his house? What's that? That movie where he knocks down his house? Where he knocks down his house. Yeah, see, that's how forgettable it was. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even his know. His wife which... dies, and then he breaks everything, and it's like the study of objects or something. Is the name of the movie something like that? Something objects. Uh huh. I don't know. Yep. See, he's actually he's actually got a pretty good batting average. I'm like sitting here trying to think of like. Or that other movie a... where he finds his evil twin. Uh, evil twin. Yeah, like doubles or something. What is that movie? Oh, oh, actually, thank you. That's a binge never. Enemy. Yeah. Fuck. It which <laughs> sucks because like that guy, that director, uh, the guy who did it is the guy who did Blade Runner, the new Blade Runner, and um, Prisoners. But man, that movie fucking sucked. Like even good directors can make a shitty movie once in a while. Hmm. Well, after we finish this, I think I'll be watching the first episode of Russian Doll. Yeah, you have to let me know how that is. I like me a good uh, Natasha Lyonne. Once again, dangerous. Thanks for binge watching. All right. Late. <laughs>